Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. <gasps> He's back. Hi. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Yes, I was week. promised this show would be 20 minutes or less. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. I'm a good salesman. Um, I don't promise that. <laughs> he overpromises and underlived under delivers every damn time and i fall for it every time it's that it's that puppy dog eyes man just gets me it is it is yeah i perfected that look um i I did tell you it was 20 minutes last week when i was by myself did you do it by yourself last week i didn't listen to it (laughs) wow um all right that's yes yes i did it by myself i'm sure you did really really well though i'm sure thank you yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, that means the, a lot coming from the you. the reason that I didn't listen to it is because that's mm-hmm. how much confidence sure. I had that it was flawless. Of course, of so. course. You didn't even know I did it by myself. Uh, I was pretty sure you didn't find a person in that short of a time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I trashed you on the be- on the opening because of that. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, um, but back this week, I appreciate it not making me do this solo this week. Uh, we are recording right in the middle of the Chiefs and Chargers game. Uh, pretty good game so far. You got this one on? Are you watching? Uh, uh, no, what? my full focus is on you tonight. Oh, thank you. Yes. I don't know if you were watching this or if you were watching uh, Louisville, Florida State. Is that the other one that's on tonight? I thought it's on Friday, right? Oh, that's Friday. Right, right. Call. <laughs> which one I are you watching? Call. I lose track of which days it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, that. Yeah, that's tomorrow night. Got it. Got it. Yes. Well, that'll be a good one. I guess this comes out on Depending Friday on when you're listening to tonight, right. Colin. Right. Um, you had to have been happy week one, right? Steelers win. Big win. Big win. I mean, we lost half the team as a result, but fuck it. I That's the Bengals so are one of my least favorite fan bases in the world, so I'm very glad that we could deliver that to them. I took them uh I, I took the Steelers in my uh one pick 'em pool at work. I was very happy with that because a lot of people were saying they took the Bengals in a survivor pool. And I was like, yeah, I I saw that a lot of survivor (laughs) pools got blown last week between that and Houston not losing and Chicago uh, beating the 49ers. There were a couple games that that, that doomed the Giants won. I I, I think it was a bad week for survivor pools. I'm still alive. I took the Ravens. You always bet against the Jets. (laughs) Can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Past few years. Definitely not. That's how you that's how you survive in survivor pools. You just keep taking whoever plays against the Jets, and then eventually you have to pick somebody else. But that's my strategy. Usually it lasts you for a while. But anyway, we'll uh we'll get into the show here this week. Uh bring you a little bit of news, a little bit of week one recap, a little bit of week two preview. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, be sure to check out all of our Saturday content. Um, 8 a.m. Bright and early, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the Better Sports Network app uh, on Saturday mornings. Uh, Austin, Felix, Matt, Chris, um, and some combination there will be bringing you two hours of college football content, uh, unfiltered, unadulterated, asking questions, calling in. Got to download the app. It's a great show. It's one of the few things that will get me up uh, that early. You know, usually it's like 830 but I'm assuming you just lay in bed and listen to it, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But awake, awake. I've been shocked to see you in the chat the past couple of weeks while the, while the show you should be at 8am. That's with the state that you usually show up to the 10am show in, 
yeah, I'm a little surprised. Not like you're not hung over or anything. You're just not a morning person. Oh, I'm very much not a morning person. No. Um, but right after the Better Sports Network, we're bringing you the tailgate coming at 1030 in the morning, right up till kickoff, right up till noon. Uh, we're going to be dropping some prize picks lines, some late breaking injury news, some DFS plays, game picks, uh, all that good stuff. Start sits. Uh, then we'll be bringing you college fantasy tonight. Col- yeah, college fantasy tonight. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to mess that one up. I, I always do that. College fantasy tonight uh, after the primetime game at 11 p.m. Um, that one's recapping it, Sports Center style breakdown, recapping all the action throughout the game, throughout the week, some of the games that are still going on, um, storylines for next week. Got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Uh, and we also uh, have a some CFF IDP stuff over at the site for you now. Justice, our newest addition to the team, um, he's been updating the CFF, the top CFF IDP producers at each position every week. Uh, this is an incredibly valuable resource. Uh, I have used this, picked up several players because Fantrax no longer scores tackles. So you can't even go onto their website and see who the top producing uh, CFF players are. So in fact, playing- the top the top players on Fantrax's like season long rankings are usually not good players to pick up because they scored like a fumble recovery touchdown that like the ball was kicked eighty five yards down the field and they scooped it in the end zone. Like that's it's it's completely the opposite. So yeah, it's been very helpful for me too. I play in I believe four IDP C two C leagues, and yeah, I mean it's as far as I know, there's nothing else out there that's doing that. So um, yeah, it's really really good stuff incredibly useful uh if you don't want to tank 50 percent of your team every single week in those leagues you got to be checking this out or you could just follow call and start sits each week hey sorry because i'm not tanking because i'm good no the other one oh. you're not good oh okay which is embarrassing because um, you're beating me right now yeah um anyway this podcast is also a part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts you can follow them all on twitter at fantasy points live or check out the friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group and if you're looking for additional nfl or cff content besides the great stuff we have over at campus to canton fantasy points is a great resource uh, if you sign up use promo code campus 22 for 10 percent off of a membership uh, but we'll get into some news here quick hitters first uh, J.K. Dobbins practiced for the second straight day, seems to be on track to play this week. Uh, T. Higgins did not practice again today. He is looking doubtful for this week. K.J. Hamler also did not practice for the second day in a row. Uh, same to pull Hamler out of a bunch of lineups now. Oh, man. Yeah, I bet. Uh, DeAndre Swift, somebody you might have to actually pull out of a lineup. He did not practice for the second straight day with an ankle injury. That apparently occurred in the second quarter of the game against the Eagles on Sunday. Um, in the lineup this week, Najee Harris is practicing. Sounds like he's going to play this weekend despite that foot slash ankle injury. Uh, and then Michael Gallup got in limited work on seven on seven, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play this weekend. Uh, into some discussion stuff here. Elijah Mitchell out at least eight weeks with an MCL sprain. Uh, the 49ers running backs have been pretty valuable as a collective unit, given their uh, rushing game under Kyle Shanahan. Are there any of these RBs that you want now that Elijah Mitchell is out for the foreseeable future? 
I'm sure there is. I'm having a really hard time figuring out which one, though. Seems like I kind of have like one of them in every league. Well, you know, I have Wilson here, and and uh, I actually have a lot of um, um, oh, who's the Georgia Tech kid, um, Mason. Yeah, I have a lot of Mason. Um, so, but I, I think the first shot at it will be Wilson. Yeah. I think it'll be Wilson, and I think uh, Davis Price are kind of the two that are going to get a real crack at this thing, and we'll see which one of them ends up with the job. But I've heard some people say, you know, I think they'll go to committee. I don't think they will. I think they'll try to they'll, they'll just figure out who the best guy is over the next week or two, and then roll with that guy following that. So um, probably a guy you want to acquire in like a redraft if you play it. I don't, holy crap, we're talking NFL redraft on the show, but I'm <laughs> I'm probably not really going out and buying any of them for Dynasty. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Or CBC no, I would. or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, um, Jeff Wilson was the, the hot waiver pickup this week. Um, you know, I, I do think he's probably going to be the guy who leads that backfield. I was never a big TDP fan, Tyrion Davis-Price, but uh, I know some people believed in him, and he was what a, a third round pick, I believe, right? He's John Emery all over, or um, uh, not John Emery, um, Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon all over again, man. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I, I think uh, I think they were going to give Elijah Mitchell the bulk of this work before he got hurt. I think they want to run one guy. I don't think they yeah. want to use a committee. They may end up having to, but this is this really hurts because I have a lot of Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I was, I don't, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a lot, but I I have him in a couple places where like I was really thin at running back, and I was like, I didn't need that to happen. Um, so uh, our our home uh, or that that home Debbie league that we're in together, I only have I have three running backs on my roster: Elijah Mitchell, Juba Hubbard, and Jonathan Taylor. So uh, not that's a, why not you were coming deal. after Swift. I don't want him anymore. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I have I have Elijah Mitchell in a lot of places. In our other home dynasty league, I have him there, and in, in a team that I thought was going to be good, and then your I team's already and, doomed over there. Yeah. Yeah. Him, Kittle, Godwin. Um, I have Deshaun. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's pretty crazy that my team just keeps killing it year over year over there. I don't know. I it's bizarre. It's just I have built a paper so champion, good. a paper champion, and they just all fall apart. We can't put it together in the field. Time for a coaching change. Um, But speaking of 49ers and players that disappoint me in our home dynasty league, George Kittle is hurt. He missed last week. It sounds like he's going to miss this week. He just seems to kind of be continually hurt. Uh, Can we trust him still? Or are you kind of at the point where you're off of George Kittle? I think, well, I mean, it depends on what you're going to get in return for him. Um, all tight ends are risky to a certain extent, really, except for Kelsey. Kelsey never really seems to get too banged up. Um, I, I would be worried about him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like panicking about Trey Lance yet, but he didn't really look great this weekend either. Um, so I think there's, there's a couple of different, yeah, that's why I was, I'm not panicking yet, but it's not like he, he went out there and lit it up his first game. So I think there could be a couple of different factors that make me worried about him. I remember, so uh, no one likes to hear you talk about your own leagues, but, we had an orphan in our home dynasty oh. <laughs> a couple years ago. And the person that left this team left this team so atrociously bad. It was, it was bad. Um, this dude has no idea what he's doing. Uh, obviously, one of your friends, not one of my friends, because um, my friends all know what they're doing. Um, we brought somebody in to take this orphan. We had to promise them, like, 
a bonus 1.13 pick for the next couple of years. And we had to waive the league fees because this team was so yeah. bad. But the only piece on it was George Kittle. And he traded George Kittle back for his for his own first round pick because this Which idiot I, had traded mm-hmm. somehow had the worst team in the league by a long shot and didn't have his own picks. Um, traded Kittle basically straight up for that pick. And I remember people in that league being upset about it. And even if that trade doesn't end up turning out for him, because it was Trevor Lawrence is who he ended up mm-hmm. getting with that pick, still I think ended up being a good play by him in the long run. That was me. That was on the other end of that trade. Oh, idiot. <laughs> I had the first. Idiot. Yeah. I had the first. I traded that first for Kittle because I thought my team was close. In uh, fairness, I don't know if you you probably would have kept it and spent it on Lawrence. And I don't know if that would have helped you yeah. either. So yeah, you can go to bed. It's like that one trade we made that one time with where I traded Jarek McKinnon for like the 105 and I took <laughs> yeah, a shot penny. And some penny. Of, somehow both <laughs> yeah. of us like just managed to fuck that up beyond belief. Yeah. 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 Good times. Good times. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I'm, I'm really starting to question it with George Kittle here. I mean, he just, he's a, he's a violent play nature, um, which tight end is a pretty violent position anyway. A lot of high collisions. I would almost call it more like reckless. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. That, yeah, that's fair. Um, and he just, he's hurt all the time. Um, I am at the point where I would, I would probably look to move him for, maybe like a slightly lower tight end plus maybe like a who's the, who's the slightly lower tight end though. Cause I feel like if you went to the Hawkinson owner with him, they wouldn't give it. No, Goddard, I, I don't, I don't know if the Goddard owner would do it. I was thinking Schultz Dawson Knox, somebody Ugh. in that range. Might as well just go for a different position at that rate. That, that actually seems like a really bad trade. I wouldn't trade down from Kittle to another tight end personally. The gap is like too Schultz. big. I like Schultz. I think Schultz is going to, well, of course with Dak out that. Yeah. What are you going to do with him this year? Nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that kind of a trade. I I think you just trade him for a a wide receiver or something. If you're going to do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. College tight ends. Would you trade him for Michael Mayer? This is the C2C podcast. No, I would need, uh, I would need more than Mayer. Tight ends are so hard to predict moving to the NFL level. That's that's a difficult one. But I did um, just recently move Brock Bowers down to my tight end three. I did that this week. Um, did you bump over him? Mayor and Trigg. They're still very, they're still tight, very, very tight at the top there. Um, but given that it's C2, it's my C2C rankings. And I, I, thought, you were gonna, I, I thought you were going to say it was CJ Donaldson that you'd bumped above him. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> stud, stud. Yeah. Um, but uh, enough about that here. Um, getting into week one recap. Um, we'll go over uh, overperformer of the week, underperformer of the week, uh, and then some uh, real or imagined, which I just uh, completely stole. Blatantly from. stole. Blatantly. So can you steal from your co-host? What does Dwight say? There's that episode of The Office where he's dancing with Phyllis in the uh karaoke the um what's it called mm, i forget what they call it but he has it's like that right after they right after michael scott paper and they still have the room downstairs and he's having a oh, little dance party yeah. and, mm-hmm. and dwight's like one cannot steal what is rightfully yours or lawfully yes. yours or whatever yeah so. yeah um but yeah blatantly stole the real or imagined segment but we'll do that here um first overperformer of the week I know you don't watch a lot of NFL football. I watched one game this weekend. There you go. Was it this one? Who you got? 
it was the Pittsburgh game, so it was not this one. But uh, I have Jalen Waddle as my overperformer of the week. He went four for five, or sorry, four catches on five targets, sixty-nine yards, uh, and a touchdown. Nice. But he had a 42-yard touchdown. And I know the nature of a guy like Waddle is that they can explode for a touchdown anytime. So like that's that's kind of the allure of him. But I'm wondering if he'll be a little more boom bust than he than he was last year, which is kind of what we talked about all offseason. The, you know, they brought in Tyree Kill. What would the target distribution be like? Is that offense uh is the volume gonna be enough um to support because he was basically a PPR machine last year. Like he was not explosive. They were just dumping stuff off to him and, and that's how he was racking up his points. So it might be a little more, you know, they might use him a little more explosively, but at the same time, that might make him a little more difficult to trust week in, week out. I mean, I think you just have to start him because of who he is and what he can do. But that 42-yard touchdown definitely makes that day look really good. And, you know, this week he might go four for five for he gets tackled for 20 yards and no touchdown, and that kind of hurts. So I'm just not sure he'll have the floor this year. Just be something to watch. I still really like him long-term, and I still think he'll be a wide you know, a top 24 to, to, to 30 wide receiver this season. I just, it might not quite be as consistent as it was last year. Where you could basically break him down for, for eight 90 and then maybe a touchdown. Yeah. I, I, I think it will be a little bit less consistent this year, given him and Tyree kill playing a very, very similar role. Cause but, he'll got, he'll got more targets. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to sit either one of them. Like you said, the both, either one of these guys could go off for a 42 yard touchdown any given week. Um, and I think that they mesh so well with Tua's skill set that it, it's tough to sit them. But yeah, um, it's going to be tough to to rely on that week in, week out. Uh, my overperformer of the week this week was Michael Thomas. Uh, five catches on eight targets, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Um, the Saints were kind of, uh, the Saints were down in the going into the fourth quarter, they were down by like 16. That was very surprising. I kept looking at the score and I'm like, how are the Falcons still winning this game? Kept and pinching then, yourself. You're like, am I dreaming? Yeah. And then of course they find the most Falcons way to lose possible. Just always inventing new ways to lose. I, I always, I, I always got to give it to the, uh, to the Falcons. Um, true ingenuity when it comes to finding ways to lose a game. Um, but Michael Thomas put up the, that stat line uh, on a somewhat limited snap count this week. You know, there was word, word was that he was going to be on a snap count uh, or on a pitch count there because he had, I believe it was a hamstring injury, um, kind of tweaked that. Uh, played only 61% of the snaps, but put up, uh, put up this type of a performance. Now, you know, if he moving forward starts to, you know, get back up to his regular snap count like we would expect to. I think this is something you can expect week in and week out. Um, but just a, a lower snap count than expected. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think he'll ramp back up. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not that worried about him. I, I took. I play. I play one redraft league every year with my guys from high school, uh, and I took him. He's a bench wide receiver for me, so I think he'll end up being a decent flex option this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, but. Um underperformer of the week this week uh who you got yeah so i chose cd lamb for mine and i know that part of it was Dak going down and and all this other stuff but i think there was some legitimate concern that cd could step into a wide receiver one role and and actually be productive in it he's had amari cooper there for the past couple of years to kind of take some of the heat off of him 
He got the targets. He got 11 targets, but only two catches, 29 yards. Uh, did not have a great day there. Um, and I think there, uh, we, we, the, the problem is we're not going to actually have this question answered. So I think if you're actually trying to get out of CD Lamb, which I'm not like recommending, but if you're trying to shift him and it's, uh, you know, not a redraft, if it's a dynasty or a C2C or whatever, I think these are the kind of weeks to do it where at least people can, can shake off whatever bad performance is because Dak's not there. But I, 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 there's a decent chance that he's just a wide receiver two for like an NFL team. And I think he can be a really, really good wide receiver two on an NFL team. You know, he can be a Robert Woods for multiple years. Like he was there with the Rams or um, know, I'm trying to think of some other guys that have been really, I mean, th- there's plenty of offenses that have had you know, a, a very strong, you could be, you know, a Tyler Lockett ish, like not yeah. profile wise, but production wise or whatever boy. Yeah. I mean, th- th- those guys are worth a lot, but I think there's just a, I think uh, this year might get, will give us, some insight as to whether he can be that truly dependable guy that can consistently get open, consistently earn targets and consistently uh, be efficient with them. The, uh, the audition initially here, not great. Um, So we'll see at the end of the year, I think we'll have to revisit, but I, I think he underperformed this week, obviously. uh, And I think there's a lot of room for worry with him. Actually, if I, I, I have him like maybe two leagues, and I think I would probably be trying to move him and see what I could get for him. And if I'm in a C2C league, if I could get like, I don't know, a, like a, a Jordan Addison plus on a college side or a, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but like I, I would not be hesitant to move him in those scenarios. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really lived up to that billing that we thought he was going to be, you know, a lot of people had him as the wide receiver one in the class, you know, him or Judy were pretty much the wide receiver ones. And, you know, Jefferson very clearly the wide receiver one from that class, but um, lamb really not living up to the billing so far. And like you said, I don't think we're going to get a good feel for that, you know, for another like four to six weeks or however long Dak ends up being out with that broken hand. Would it shock you if within the next 18 months that Jerry Judy is the more valued fantasy asset? No, it would not because I had Judy as a better player coming out. Um, Judy, you know, put up some nice stats there with Russ this week. Uh, I think that's something that hopefully um, moving forward we can see as well, you know, provided Nathaniel Hackett can not make some boneheaded decisions uh, like he did at the end of that game uh, with that not calling that timeout. Do you watch the Manning cast at all? I didn't. I wasn't like watching it live. I actually didn't watch that game live. What were we recording? Or was that Sunday yeah. night? Mm-hmm. No, we were um, recording. Yeah, I didn't watch that game for whatever reason. Uh, but I saw like that Peyton called what timeout sixty one <laughs> times or something. Yeah, in like that thirty <laughs> <Yep>. seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they and Eli just had a very confused look on his face. But that's, yeah, that's just his face calling. Yeah, that's not the normal um, or nothing out of the normal. Uh, but yeah, no. I given you know his judy's early connection with russ so far um would not surprise me if judy ends up being the uh more valued asset out of the two yeah yeah uh gonna be interesting to watch for sure yeah uh my underperformer of the week this week uh aaron Rodgers. um 22 of 34 for 195 yards zero touchdowns one pick he was sacked four times had negative one yards rushing outside of the sack yardage there. Just an all-around abysmal performance from him. 
He was running for his life the whole time. That offensive line did not look good. Those wide receivers could not get open. When they did get open, they couldn't catch the ball. Uh, that was uh, that was not good. Um, I mean, Romeo Dubes was a little bit of a bright spot. You know, when he was in there, he looked okay, caught the ball all right. You know, probably the best looking receiver on that team. You know, we will see Alan Lazard come back this week. Maybe that helps him a little bit here. But uh, Aaron Rodgers really just struggled in this one. Um, I'm a little worried about the state of this Packers offense. Yeah, um, they did this last year, though, too, in their opener. So I don't know that I'm pressing a panic button yet. But I think, you know, as good as Quay Walker, whoever might end up being, maybe maybe you should have just taken a wide receiver in the first and not let Christian Watson enter the season as your potential wide receiver one. Not a, Not great planning there on their part. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers has to be so frustrated with the with the weapons that they've been giving him. Air and you know what, Ro- Rodgers will get them like pick twenty three this year, and by the time it gets there, um, uh, JSN, Addison, and whoever will be off the board. And oh, there was no value there. There was just no value. They'll take a defensive lineman, yep. and then they'll take I don't know a Parker Washington in the third or something. Hey, like, easy. What the fuck? Easy, easy. Uh, no, but yeah, I, I mean, without, without, uh, without Devonte Adams there, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried here. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers could just lean on Adams whenever he needed. And they don't have that this year. I mean, AJ Dillon was really surprising in the passing game. Um, he looked good, but when your best looking receiver is a running back that didn't even catch passes really in college, there's a little bit of cause for concern, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, real or imagined here. We had some some pretty big performances this week from some unexpected players. Um, first one up here is definitely the most un- unexpected uh, out of the group, at least for me. I honestly did not even really know he was on the Cardinals roster uh, and uh, still in the league, and that's Greg Dortch, the wide receiver. Um, he was from... Wake Forest, right? Yeah, was it Wake Forest? Yeah, yep. I can't. I can't remember if it was Wake or Georgia Tech. Wake Forest went to the Jets, didn't really stick there. Goes to the Cardinals, and this week puts up a twenty-five percent target share. Seven catches on nine targets for sixty-three yards. Uh, very nice performance from him. Now Rondale Moore was out. It does sound like he's going to be out again this week. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins obviously suspended here throughout the beginning of the year, but. Is this a real or imagined performance from Greg Dortch? I think you just answered your own question there, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. You brought <laughs> up all the talking points. No, it's not real because Rondell Moore is that's his role when he comes back. I think it's actually very encouraging for Rondell Moore owners because okay. that stat line is going to be what Rondell's doing here. And it sounds like his entry was not terribly serious they kept him out this week but he might be back here pretty quickly so um no it's completely imagined for greg dorch but i think it's actually really great news for um um, our guy rondale Rondale. Uh, yes yeah that was a guy that we talked about a little bit uh you know leading up to the season as a guy we thought could be a little bit of a post-hype sleeper you know he had a lot of buzz coming out um so you think that this is a performance that 
we could see out of Rondale? Hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? It was it was low ADOT stuff. I mean, nine targets, seven catches, sixty three yards. He wasn't working downfield. It's exactly the kind of area that you want Rondale to be working in. Uh, and like, I mean, who else were they going to throw it to? Hollywood, and that was it. They didn't really have anybody else. So um, James Conner had a couple passes, like cut a couple passes. It just uh, and I think they're going to be in some high scoring games if that was in that game was an indication because they could not stop a nosebleed in that one. It was the Chiefs, but <laughs> I mean, Chiefs only have 24 tonight. I mean, it's not like they're that's true. You know, whooping true. that ass. So, are so. you uh, are, are you exploring some offers for Rondale? So, this I really don't try to acquire NFL guys that often anymore. Uh, I, I have a couple of dynasty leagues. I probably already have Rondale in them. Um, and then in C2Cs, I prefer to kind of acquire college guys and then push them through. Like, I don't I don't make a lot of like trades for NFL guys unless it's just like a, a league where I can kind of push all in. So probably not. But um, it's at least interesting to think about. Okay. I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be afraid to do it if I was looking for, to you know, a, a cheap wide receiver. Ad. Yeah, I mean, I, I would um, I would be looking to acquire him. I have him in a, a decent amount of places because I was acquiring him this offseason. I, I do think this is going to be a nice role for him especially with Chase Edmonds gone, who kind of operated in that area last year. I think that can kind of be a, a reliable role for Rondale. Uh, but next performance here, we have Devin Duvernay, wide receiver for Baltimore, four catches on four targets, 52 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, is this a real or imagined performance? Why did you pick all these guys that are so obviously <laughs> imagined? Um no, he's not going to be that efficient moving forward. Four targets feels right um, based on the context of this offense. I still think he'll finish the year behind Rashad Bateman, whose stat line was a little imagined in its own right. He caught that 52-yard pass and then did do a lot else. Uh, he had to imagine Mark Andrews will be more involved moving forward. Um, he's really going to be the third or fourth option at best. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that one too, especially because he operates... And, I mean, he'll be interesting if they let him leave to go somewhere else. I don't think he'll ever be interesting there. No, no. Uh, and it's going to be mostly Andrews and Bateman in the passing game there. Uh, but interesting performance there. Um, only 14.3% uh, target share, though. So low usage. I would agree with you. I think it is imagined. But moving into one that... Uh, Building off a performance from last year, Cordero Patterson, breakout year at the age of 30. This one, he had 22 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches on five targets for 16 yards. Is this a real or imagined performance? I'm going to say this is imagined too. And I, here's my reasoning for this. So last year, he started off the year pretty hot. Um, I had a couple of really nice games in there was catching. He was buoyed by his receiving floor. I mean, if you look at his like first six games last year, um, week one wasn't anything special, but then he had like five catches on seven targets, six catches on seven targets, five catches on six targets, seven catches on nine targets. And he was rushing for 40 to 50 yards every week as well. So that was really buoying him. But then as the season went on, 
he his his targets went down precipitously his receptions went down precipitously and his attempts went down for the most part too and it certainly his efficiency did and i think a large part of that was because he's not a running back like he is he he is like poor man's debo essentially like you give him touches like that but you don't want to be giving him you know 15 to 20 carries a game like that's not he's going to get beat up that's what happened to him last year he's old he's over 30 um so i think this is real in the sense that he could do this for a couple more games but i think it's imagined in the sense that i don't think he can do this all season long they have to find another option along with him because i don't like i wouldn't want to be starting him week 11 week 12 i just think he'll be beat up by then yeah i mean who who else do they have though options wise you know Damian well, they're going to find someone or he's going to be hurt. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, the Falcons roster better. I don't think they really do have anybody, but I mean, somebody to take a few of these carries or just, I mean, just don't run the ball as much. Do like those, you know, s- sort of runs, but effectively passes type thing for him. I, I do think this is more real than imagined, but no, he's not going to get 22 carries every week. The Falcons aren't going to be playing with a lead most weeks. It was honestly kind of surprising that they were playing with a lead going into the fourth quarter. That's a good point. Um, so, no, I don't think he's going to get 22 carries every week, but I do think he'll get more than three catches most weeks. So I think the overall fantasy point line, um, you know, I think that's going to be maybe not 22-ish points, but, you know, I think he's going to be in the mid-teens every week. So I think this is a reliable performance. Uh, 62% snap share on this one, too. Um, you know, some of it split out wide, most of it coming in the backfield. And like you said, they don't have anybody else, you know, Damien Williams, Tyler Algier, um, you know, they're nothing really special. So I think this is going to be a real performance for the most part. Um, last one, uh, tight end Tyler Conklin for, uh, Minnesota four catches, uh, but he did see seven targets, um, 17 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Is this a real or imagined performance? I'm going to say real. I'm going to say it because this offense, I mean, they've they've talked about it incessantly this offseason. They want this offense to mirror what the Rams have done the past couple of years, where they want to, you know, get Justin Jefferson, all these mismatches like they did last week where he was lined up on linebackers a ton and then they moving him around a bunch. And one of the hallmarks of that offense when they've had a healthy tight end is they've gone to that tight end a decent amount like he's not the first option and he's not even really the second option but in a high volume passing attack the third option is still pretty valuable i think conklin like they're not high like value targets but seven targets at the tight end position in the nfl is is pretty solid and if he can get you know 40 50 yards a week and you get a you get a handful of touchdowns in there throughout the season at minimum and, and he's getting four or five catches a game like that that's a pretty solid floor for a guy and if he has one of those weeks where he's hitting uh, a tight end or a touchdown that week then that's that's a really nice week that's a that's a top finish so i actually think that this is um real and i ex- actually think that if Con- like conklin will finish as a top 12 tight end this year not that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean a ton, but I I do think he'll finish as tight end one at least on a per game basis. Interesting, yeah. I mean, I for what it's worth, I agree with you too. There, um, you know, especially with Adam Thielen being older, um, you know, not looking quite like the same guy that we saw before here. Do you think 
Conklin still settles in behind Thielen or as like a third option? Or do you think they could like kind of trade back and forth on games between the two and the three? Probably. I still think Thielen's more explosive, even though he's not Justin Jefferson explosive. And they do have Dalvin in there as well. who can catch some passes and do some things, but they don't really have a third receiver. Like, I mean, KJ Osborne is okay, but he's not anything special. And um, neither, you know, the other receivers on that team. So I, I think it can be fairly consistent as consistent as like a tight end 10 on the year can yeah. be or whatever, which is what he's going to end up being, which is right. still better than we thought he would be at the beginning of the year. Would you downgrade Kittle to, to Conklin? <laughs> Sign me up, baby. What's the plus? I knew it. I knew it. Um, probably nothing. Probably nothing huge, right? Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing big. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a a really nice add-on piece there. Uh, a Tyler Algier. Throw Tyler Algier in there. There we go. Um, all right. Moving into week two here. Uh, we'll give you a start of the week, a sit of the week, a flex play of the week, and then we'll get you out of here, Austin. Does that sound okay to you? Uh, well, you're way over your 20 minutes already. So I know. Um, start of the week. Who you got? My start of the week is Tyler Boyd against Dallas here. Last week against Pittsburgh, four catches, seven targets. He had 33 yards and a touchdown. Um, Pretty solid volume in that offense. We know that offense is going to pass regardless. Um, Dallas is down bad at the moment. Um, I think this is a get-right week for the Bengals offense. And we talked earlier, it sounds like Higgins probably isn't going to play. So you just plug Boyd in at that point. And and he... He is a great, you know, wide receiver handcuff doesn't exist, but uh, to the extent that it actually does, which, which it doesn't, he he is kind of that, the guy that first comes to mind when you talk about that. Yeah, no, I like that call, especially because, you know, Chase is probably going to see a lot of um, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, and then so I- Chase is going to have like 500 yards, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Diggs will have like two picks in that stretch too. Um, if Burrow's playing like he did last week, holy crap, was he bad? Yeah, he was. That was that was brutal. Um, is that the Steelers' defense? Steelers' defense is very good, and this is what I talked about all year, like all offseason when we talked about this. And like we, like the offense is terrible. I said the offense did not take any steps forward. The defense is just so good. Obviously, TJ going down kind of messes that up, but like. They have difference makers at every level. Miles Jack was great this week. Uh, he, they were raving about him through camp, so it doesn't surprise me. Not surprised at all. Miles Jack's good. He was pretty good in Jacksonville. Please tell me you, you're watching this game. Yeah. Um, did you just see the CEH run? I'm sorry. In the middle, I did. Of the yeah. No, he was good. just trying to protect the ball and get like four yards. <laughs> yeah. And he just broke. <laughs> yeah. He's just holding the ball with two Amazing. hands, waddling Amazing. down the field. Yeah. I think that's probably coming he, back, but yeah. So it, there was a flag on it. Um, but yeah, oh, I personal mean, it, foul, face mask. Uh, oh, it's not coming back. Amazing. Uh, he he looked like he could have scored <laughs> if he wanted to. So okay, continue. Continue. Um, sorry. But yeah, my start of the week here, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, wide receiver for New Orleans against Tampa Bay. Uh, Last week, seven catches on nine targets, 114 yards. Uh, He actually led the team with a 26.4% target share. Um, You know, he he had a a throwback Jarvis Landry performance. And I think this is a signing this offseason that kind of was going under the radar. 
Uh, you know, everybody who talked to Michael Thomas, potentially back, you know, Chris Olave, they drafted in the first round. Both of those guys also had nice weeks, but you know, Jarvis Landry, not dead yet. And I think the saints are going to have to throw uh, in this game to, to stay in this with Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they, they had to throw last week against the Falcons, which is a little bit more surprising, but I think this we're expecting a little bit more passing here. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be an integral part of that. And I, th- I think he's going to be a nice start for you here this week. Yeah. I, um, I, I think there were some that, that predicted that he would be pretty good down there in new Orleans. And we'll see if he continues that with Thomas's role uh, bound to grow eventually, but yeah, really good uh, first week there for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Sit of the week. Who do you got this week? I'm sitting Najee Harris. I think that Liz Frank injury is going to be an issue for him all year. Um, he, he got kind of rolled up on it again. Uh, and quite frankly, like this offensive line is so bad. And I don't think Najee Harris is a special player by any stretch of the imagination. Like the fact that he was a first round redraft value this year is just like the dumbest, most obvious avoid that I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't even be shocked if he doesn't hit a thousand yards this year. Like it's not a good situation and he's not going to have the receiving volume to keep him where he was last year. So I'm sitting him. I'm trying to trade him before the wheels fall off this thing. Like, just get rid of Najee. Go sell him for what you can get for him. I'm not saying for, for pennies on the dollar, but just go get something decent for him and be okay with it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I've been I've been looking to move him in a couple places that I have him here. Uh, and I think with that injury, with the way this offensive line has looked, with the way that offense in general I think is going to look this year, especially with Trubisky at the helm, um, I'm probably looking to move him as well. My sit of the week, though, DJ Moore, wide receiver for Carolina, going up against the New York Giants this week. Uh, He had three catches on six targets uh, for 43 yards. He was out-targeted by Robbie Anderson, even though Robbie Anderson spewed all that hate about Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield was still looking his way. Uh, And CMC still hasn't even really fully been unleashed yet. Uh, It seemed like he was kind of on a pitch count this week. Uh, eventually I do think they're going to, you know, work him back up maybe even as early as this week, but probably over the next like two or three weeks here. But DJ Moore just, if he's not getting the volume, he can't really rely on a touchdown from him. And I don't know if he's going to get that volume this week or this year. Uh, I'm a little worried about DJ Moore. Yeah, I I actually am not that worried about him, but obviously not a great showing out of week one. We'll, we'll see if that continues. So you, you don't think he's going to be out-targeted consistently by Robbie Anderson? Probably not. I mean, he might have his weeks, but um, no, I think overall he'll settle in and end up being uh, a really nice target for him. Gotcha. I mean, that's kind of what we were hoping for. You know, we'll see. Um, they did look better in the second half of that game uh, against Cleveland, uh, but we'll see how that one goes. All right. Flex play of the week. Who you got this week? We're talking sexy Rexy Jr. here. It's no longer Rex Grossman. Now it's Rex Burkhead that is sexy Rexy. Week one, 19 touches. He had eight targets overall in that game for Houston. They don't have a lot of players there on that that offense to really siphon any of that work from him. Uh, the Damian Pierce truthers, you know, maybe not quite time for Pierce yet. Um, and Denver was not. They weren't bad against the run. They weren't getting uh, gashed every run or anything, but they weren't uh, particularly stout either. So 
I uh, I think Rexy will have a very similar stat line where he puts up, you know, 12, 13, 14 points um, on, on, you know, not super efficient touches and not super efficient work, but the targets and, and maybe a touchdown kind of get him over the line. Gotcha. You're not worried at all about Damian Pierce? Not yet. Maybe by week nine or 10, you know, they, I know Lovey Smith said after the game, it was their intention to get him more touches, but like in a game like that, like if you wanted to get him more touches, he would have gotten more touches. Like what he lost his pads. He couldn't find them before the game. Like there, there's no real reason for him not to have gotten more touches besides the fact that they just wanted to give Rex more touches. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I think Damian Pierce will ramp up and work there, but Rex Burkhead just perennially underrated. Every, yep. every year. Yep. Uh, my flex play of the week here, uh, Romeo Dubes, wide receiver for Green Bay, going up against Chicago this week. Uh, Dubes had four catches on five targets uh, for 37 yards, 14.4% target share, 23% of the air yards. So not a stellar showing, but he was the most reliable wide receiver for them, especially down the stretch towards the end of that game. You know, other wide receivers, Christian Watson dropped a, a ball. Sammy Watkins looks like he's dust. Uh, so does Randall Cobb. Somebody's going to have to catch the ball for them this week. Sounds like Alan, Alan Lazard is going to be back this week. So we'll see about that. But either way, I think Dubes, you know, I, if, if Lazard doesn't play this week, I think Dubes could have a really nice week. If Lazard does play this week, I still think Dubes would be a flex play for you there. And Rodgers is not going to be as bad as he was last week. Like That was a terrible performance. I am confident that Rodgers will be better moving forward. Now, he's going to need somebody to step up in this wide receiver core, like I talked about a little bit earlier. And I think it can be Dubes. Um, I think it's almost going to have to be him because I don't see anybody else doing it. So unless they're going to have the running backs be the lead target guys every single week, which I don't think is a winning formula it's got to be dupes so fire him up this week wow you're that's bold i don't think i would go that far but i like dupes i like him this week dupes 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 thanks thanks I mean, um it's philly so it sucks but i mean that reason. song is objectively a good soccer song right now associated with philly tarnishes it i uh i have a soft spot in my heart for the union when i lived when i lived and worked in philly the place i worked uh we shared a parking lot with the philadelphia union stadium so we were tailgating in the parking lot after work sometimes with those guys on saturdays because we worked on saturdays and we'd go to some games so i got a soft spot for my man but crazy life you used to live before you settled down bro <laughs> that it was but all right that's going to do it for us here tonight. Um, tune into the other pods on the channel here. We got uh, this pod dropping. Uh, when you check your feed, you should see um, some other podcasts on there. Back to Debbie is off this week, I believe, right? No, I recorded Hold it. There. Okay. There we go. Back to Debbie. performance by yours truly. There we go. Nice. Because you don't get enough of me during the week on the other shows. We talked. Um, that uh, is good stuff. We talked a lot of good stuff. Okay, so. that is one thing everybody is clamoring for is more Austin. Could be on um, better sports tomorrow, eleven a.m. Check in. There we go. Uh, tune in eleven a.m. on the Better Sports app and check Austin out there. Uh, go check out the Back to Devi episode that's going to drop. That's in your feed here this week. Um, and rate 
and review the podcast wherever you listen. Um, look, we say it because it helps us out uh, in the algorithms and stuff. I don't fully understand how it works, but if you like us, you like our stuff, rate and review helps us out. Uh, but until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.